0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again, I am Kyle Nash, the student of the game, and listen, if you're here, chances are you like talking sport, and of course, we're glad you're choosing to with, to uh, do it with us here tonight, of course, that's if you're watching the stream, otherwise, if you are doing it on demand through some sort of a podcast on any available podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, what have you, enjoy every minute of that could be doing this on Twitch, for all I know. That's a thing that's out there. But anyways, hoping you're enjoying every minute of it. A lot of collaboration this week. I was, let's see, what was it? I was on the Ramblings of a 42-year-old man uh, podcast, video cast, vidcast, whatever you want to call that, on YouTube there with my good friend uh, Chris Smith. No, he is not the peacemaker, but we do make peace with him not having seen the movie Draft Day. We go over that. It seemed apropos. There was a lot of sports going on, the NFL draft among them, as well as the XFL playoffs, the NBA playoffs. A lot of good stuff going on there. Um, just in general, we'll get to that throughout the show. Uh, spend a little time with Mark Moses, talking to him and the explaining he had to do, calling the panelists of the, of the Student of the Game 2023 inaugural real mock draft. And we predicting Will Levis sliding out of round one. That's a whole other thing that went well there. Check that out on 1516 Melbourne, the fan. Um, That was a fun time, too, as well. I think that was Tuesday? Yes, yesterday, uh, as this is live. But uh, Tuesday during this week where we did that, that was a fun time. So check that out. Look look for that on the socials there at the SOTG on on Twitter, uh, for example. And, uh, what was the other show we we would jump? Oh, yes. I toured the NFC South with the general Mike Patton as well. So make sure you check out all those things. And thank you to all of those people for having me involved in all their projects. Listen, big week in sport here. No question. Uh, the beginning and the end as it were for a number of sports. And honestly, guys, I had every intention of coming on here not necessarily talking about draft in the intro, though we will have uh, two of my good friends, Cortland Griffin of the three-point conversion, as well as my good friend Dalton Tinklenberg, who not only represented A7BN Sports at the draft, but also was going to be speaking to us by way of his uh, offering, the Scouting Depot. We'll be breaking down the NFL draft tonight, uh, later about the 9.15 time. And, of course, we'll see... (laughs) my guy, the madman will come with Mark, man, uh, Mark Mancini to talk about what the heck happened to his roughnecks and uh, had a little time to talk to Ronella Hall of the Arlington Renegades he's also a UCF uh, alum so look out for that uh, stuff, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit I'm sure as I'm talking to Mark Mancini but also look out me talking about uh, some of the undrafted free agents from UCF and my work with the black and gold bannerette, bing On the night shift podcast, so that'll be there too. But as much as I want to have a little heart to heart about people giving Steph Curry a little too much respect, people trying to tell me that he's better than Kobe and Larry Bird and all that, and just no. I I was I had every intention out there to do an NBA intro tonight, but instead. Y'all fools put me in the position to have to take a dang victory lap. (sighs) See, now normally when I'm on the Huddle Up podcast, I do my uh, Lucifer Morningstar. It's back on the Student of the Game. It's on the back of the Student of the Game t-shirt available in the Huddle Up podcast channel's T Public uh, merch site there. On the back of the shirt in question, though, is, I tried to tell you, but you wouldn't listen. But I'm not necessarily talking about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, listen, if you weren't convinced by the revival of the coaching career of Nathaniel Hackett and him getting hired by the Jets as enough evidence to hire that individual, well, we won't be mean, but let's just say a coach that didn't necessarily deserve a second chance as much as some other ones, and you still didn't believe Aaron Rodgers would end up there. There were members of the national media, whether it's just for me ratings or whether they actually believed it. Nonetheless, the conversation nationally in the Northeast was that, and it was downright foolish. I tried to tell you, but you wouldn't listen. But I even, what I'm mad about, all you people trying to tell me that Baltimore would not have Lamar Demetrius Jackson. I tried to tell you, but you would not listen. Now, in another instance of the Suit of the Game podcast and the uh, inaugural real mock draft being absolutely correct, Nicholas Jorgensen of gold in English translating to Yellow Flag, that podcast little bit of Danish football sports action there predicted correctly that Zay flowers would be the pick for the Ravens. but that's not even what I'm talking about. You'll have to tell me a scenario where the Ravens would be prepared to move on from Lamar Demetrius Jackson and still be playoff relevant in the arms race. I'm going to call it an arms race that would that is the AFC North, right? We'll recap the quarterback situation there. Maybe you forgot Joey Burr, who's going to make some fat cash at some point here very soon. Kenny Pickett, who in another instance, if I tried to tell you but you wouldn't listen in and of itself, of him starting full season last year should have been what they did, but he's, he's certainly the start of going into the coming season, so there's that, right? Lamar Demetrius Jackson and Deshaun Watson. It's a pretty good quarterback group. Even though I think Watson's kind of washed at this point, I think he's going to be mentally challenged entirely too much to kind of make it through the season being the villain. I don't think he's the dude that handles that. At least that's what we saw last season. We could be surprised. Stranger things have happened. That's what I'm implying. But you really think that they would be prepared to, to, to be set with Tyler Huntley and still feel competitive in that division? And maybe they would. I, I, I don't know. Maybe <clears throat> the plan would have been without Lamar Demetrius Jackson, not only to draft the quarterback, which we never had a chance for them to try because they signed Lamar Demetrius Jackson before the NFL draft even was on the clock. See what I did there? They still I think nothing changed about their early picks, is what I'll say. And you know, what more can I say beyond that? One of my panelists called it absolutely correct. So please tell me a world where the Baltimore Ravens didn't need Lamar Demetrius Jackson as they him. Lamar Demetrius Jackson. Even with concerns about injury, even with all he's got going allegedly against him, which most of it is sort of not even remotely correct, he can pass the football well. It's a thing that can happen, okay? He's good enough to not be easy to replace. I'm not saying he's Matt Ryan, but he's that similar problem that Atlanta had with him in that Matt Ryan was good. He was alleged to be an MVP one year, though I had my questions about that selection. I don't have a vote yet, so nothing I can really do about it, but he's good enough to where he's going to be productive, but to replace him will be difficult. And I think Lamar Demetrius Jackson, as far as his actual talent, is that guy, and a little bit better, the concerns, as we said, are injury. But at least the Ravens have done something to get him in the building, right? Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. has accepted that uh, a deal with them. I don't know how helpful he is or isn't, but he at least looked to the future. Uh, or they, I should say, look to the future and God save flowers. There's a weapon or two there. <clears throat> and hey, listen, I'll say it this way. At the running back position, they're trying to make upgrades there as well. Um you know, I think most of it, though, isn't necessarily trying to make upgrades as much as to find depth. And I don't know, hope someone can stay healthy. Hashtag, hashtag uh, J.K. Dobbins and company there, right? And even as his own agent, by the way, he secures a deal based on Jalen Hurts' contract. Not alike, exactly, but there are similar levels of guaranteed money, which, oh, by the way... I think Lamar Demetrius Jackson was never seen as a negative asset the same way that Jalen Hurts was shortly into his rookie year, right? That's with the Eagles. He was seen as being a complete disaster by the Eagle public. Now, we here on The Student of the Game tried to tell you, but you wouldn't listen if you were in Philadelphia, that he isn't a problem and that as things got better, he too would. I mean, I see the Super Bowl coming. I didn't see an MVP caliber performance in the Super Bowl by Jalen Hurts, not just running well, but throwing for over 300 bleeding yards. Did not see that coming. But there we are. And certainly that's a factor in Jalen Hurts getting paid the fat cheddar that he did. And I ain't even mad at it. Matter of fact, I'm not mad at it. But like I tried to tell you, the Ravens, We're going to try to get the best deal they could. This is a high marquee, uh, a top five quarterback in the eyes of many. Maybe not everybody agrees. I'm sure somebody's throwing tomatoes at the screen as if I'm saying he's top five. To be honest, I haven't done my top five quarterback work in evaluation for the coming season. Because, frankly, too many guys, we didn't know where they were. Right? Aaron Charlotte Rogers moving to the Jets. And where he was playing was a factor in the analysis of who's the top quarterbacks of 2023. And the return of Lamar Demetrius Jackson was also a factor. Since we're just now establishing those as things, I think it's time to kind of talk about that. And, oh, by the way, some starters just got brought into the league, right? Firing off an AR-15 on that one in Indianapolis, Anthony Richardson, I believe, will start sooner than later. And C.J. Stroud, believe it or not, I'm not even picking him to be the worst quarterback in his division, even if he does start day one as a rookie. So I'm in that position where I see a lot of stuff. We got a lot of stuff that's now starting to come into focus. People, If people want to start giving me their way too soon power rankings now, I might look at them because the draft is actually finished and we could do a little bit of analysis. And that's going to come tonight at 9.15. We have Dalton Tinklenberg and Cortland Griffin aboard. Two panelists, by the way, for the student game. Real mock draft. So that's the thing that happened as well. But we'll talk about the draft later. Like I said, we got plenty of NAA playoffs and XFL playoffs. And, of course, just in time to talk about it, the
1: madman cometh. Mark Mancini welcome in brother man well I'll tell you it's always a pleasure to be on the show that's sweeping the country on hump day I mean I love this show baby you and I tearing it up across the state of Florida and beyond kind of a rough one for me my pirates are getting killed in Tampa right now they're about to lose maybe their third in a row Mm. Um, and the Houston Roughnecks took one uh, this past weekend so I was about to say the Pirates were only where your troubles began.
0: Let's get into the XFL playoffs a little bit, man. I mean, I, I I did my analysis. I watched the game. I have my theories. What do you think happened?
1: I think they just, you know, took these guys for granted. And, you know, they they, they, they were looking past this game and maybe to face D.C. over there on the other side of the coin. But this is going to be a championship game. I'm going with D.C. in this. I think D.C. will take out Arlington. I don't think Arlington can match him.
0: Yeah, and well, I'll say this. I think you're partially right, right? The Roughnecks all year have always been basing their success on defense. And the defense, it's not that they did bad, but Luis Perez, a guy who was quarterbacking the second worst team in the league by way of record, right? Yeah. A guy who got traded to Arlington – to then go from being eliminated to now a championship team, a Southern division champion in the XFL, right? Yeah. Go figure. Yeah. A guy who uh, I talked to a linebacker, Donald Payne earlier this week and Mark, I I asked, he, he had made the comment that the key to a team like theirs, it's four and six getting into the playoffs was just getting hot at the right time. That's part of it too. And he cited specifically that spark as a defensive guy, by the way, Donald Payne, that Luis Perez was that spark. Yeah. And he had a season high day for the Arlington Renegades against the defense. It's pretty solid. So I think it's a combination of things that all came together, which, by the way, Wade Phillips has got to do some thinking if you want the Roughnecks to be better, because they have to be better on offense. They started out strong, granted, part yeah. of playing the Guardians twice, but they lost a number of receivers, I guess, and a top running back We had missed time. Borgie had missed time. Um, That was significant as well. But uh, uh, listen, I, I, I'm i with you, man. I, I, I As much as betting is tied to the XFL, I'm, I can guarantee you some people lost their shirt.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, and then you want to switch it over to the USFL. The Maulers won. Break up the Maulers. They're on TV, I think, Sunday playing Birmingham. Yeah,
0: I, I, right. There's there's still some quality uh, action going on with the USFL as well. I'm going to rely on you to keep me informed on that because I, have yeah. I haven't covered them closely. I'm getting stretched a little thin, Madman. Yeah, well,
1: I will tell you this. Talking about a little stretched thin, you know how I feel about Ohio State quarterbacks. I'm not sold on C.J. Stroud. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think the Texans did pretty good in the draft. I will tell you, I'm going to throw some teams out there because I I will tell you, these teams, I think, stole a draft in some ways and the offseason. The Atlanta Falcons with that running back, Bijan Robinson, number eight, man, unbelievable. I like that. I like what they did during the offseason. I think the Eagles pulled in with a lot of Georgia uh, guys there. That defense is going to be something.
0: No, you got Georgia on your mind, baby. You might as well be Charles.
1: (laughs) Steelers did very good. Yes. Patriots picking up, uh, you know, uh, Gonzalez there. Yes. I I can't figure out what Washington did because when I looked at the skins, I said to myself, they could have drafted this guy probably in the second round. I think, you know, whoever blinks first loses, they blinked, they grabbed him. They passed on a guy like Flowers that would have been good for them.
0: So many other just playmakers in general at that. Yeah, Levis.
1: I don't understand why they didn't go for Levis. I still think the best quarterback out of the draft is Richardson. That dude can throw a ball through the car wash without getting wet. And (laughs) let me tell you something. Those Colts, they know how to draft quarterbacks. This guy will be another Andrew Luck there.
0: Well, it's a nice thing they decided to do it for once instead of trying to do some damn retread that was born in the 80s, okay? Yeah,
1: and not only that, Seattle shored up really nice.
0: I'm glad you pointed them out because if you didn't, I would. They are yep. they are quietly having one of the best drafts and no one's talking about it. They don't yep. have any fancy trades or nothing that blew up the board. They just handled places where they had holes and they did it with guys that fell to them. Them having gotten Jackson Smith and Jigba at the pick that they did. This is a top damn guy. They got up 20.
1: Mark. Yeah. And, and not only that the The Rams, as much as I hate the Rams, getting Stetson Bennett, I like that. Yeah, but here, yeah. here's the big thing: when you get back and circle Richardson, mm-hmm. I think Levis going to Tennessee will die there. But when you look at Richardson in Indianapolis, I think they groom their quarterbacks. We can go back to the Earl Mar- Earl days, Johnny Unitas. Mm-hmm. You look at you know Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. This Richardson, you know, it's not the big lights in the big city. I think he'll flourish there. And the Jets keep getting better and better, man.
0: I'll say this with AR-15. When it comes to Anthony Richardson, I do believe he'll have a Peyton. He will play like one for Peyton Manning at least in one season. I'm going to guarantee he's going to be a Peyton Manning-style rookie. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? There will be struggles. But by the way, Mark Mancini, there was another guy in recent history that had a similar rookie year to Peyton Williams Manning. Do you know who that is? Let me throw some sunshine on it for you. He plays in Jacksonville and came out the second year once being rid of the worst coaching job of all time. Mark Brunel? Not Brunel, certainly. Bortles? No, I'm talking about Trevor Lawrence and how good he's looked as a second-year player with having Paint Manning-style numbers as a rookie. Now he's ascending. National media is worshiping the temple that is Trevor Lawrence. Nick Wright on FS1 is wearing a blonde wig to pay him tribute, where this time two years ago, oh, man, I think he's bust. I think we're going to get that same talk with Anthony Richardson in year one. And I think he's going to turn heads around just the same way. And by the way, all right here in the AFC South, where I'll be watching very closely. Well, that's,
1: that's the war. And not only that, what the Packers were doing, I couldn't figure that out. I know those Iowa kids, you know, why would you draft on the defensive end side instead of getting the O-line to protect love?
0: Great question. I I did not love their first round pick. See what I did there. But um. You know, or or the very obvious. Hey, how about some damn weapons?
1: How about that? Yeah, yeah. Couldn't, couldn't quite figure that out. You know, everybody's talking about the Bears drafting well, but you know, they let the Eagles move up and, and 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 you know secure Carter there. I, you know, I'll say this:
0: I'm not mad at the Bears doing that. They understand that they are a group under construction. They understand that they are somebody that has a lot of work, and they need to not only supplement Justin Fields, they need to account for the departure of Khalil Mack on their defense, right? Which, by the way, as much as people talk trash on them parting with Khalil Mack, it had to be done, folks. You saw production for Justin Fields very interestingly increase after they got the a few extra weapons by shipping him. I know correlation is not causation, Mark Mancini, but I don't think it's just a coincidence either. You know what
1: I'm saying? Yeah. So, no, you, yeah. You. But, but, you know, that that was the thing. I can't believe Stetson Bennett fell in the Rams' lap. You know, the Redskins could have drafted one of these guys. You know, uh, Levis, Flowers. I mean, I just don't understand what they were doing with that Mississippi State kid. That's about 110 pounds dripping wet. If
0: if I'll be honest with you.
1: If, if the Red
0: Tails, sorry, Commanders, had gone Will Levis, I would not have been mad. I think, kind of like Kenny Pickett last year, I had Malik Willis as a higher prospect, but uh, for every for every team except for two, I think. One of them was the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think in this case, the quarterback situation is so desperate with your Washington team, uh, Mark, that uh, Sam Howell, really? This is what we're doing, Sam Howell? Come on, guys. Like I wanted, I at one point as ridiculous as I thought it was when EJ Christian tried to tell me he thought they were a playoff team and they were as close as they are. Hearing them go double down on Sam Howell kills me. I feel better about them starting Jacoby Brissett than Sam Howell if I'm honest with you, Mark. And, and right. but yeah, I'm with you. Le- will Levis would an excellent opportunity for them certainly. Over the corner that they got, I think he's a fine player. I just think he was drafted too high. Christian was still on the board. Joey Porter, uh, J- or Christian Gonzalez was still on the board. Joey Porter Jr. was still on the board. Who ended up falling in the second round? Go Steelers! Not only did you sell a butt ton of merchandise there, you got a pretty good guy that fits your uh, style of play, man. He's he's a yeah. kind of field Curtain style, uh, you know, cornerback
1: in my mind. Right, 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 right. No, no doubt about it. You're exactly right, and that's the way you look at it. The Chargers did really well. Texas yeah. Tech wide receiver uh, Herbert's going to have a lot of targets. Yeah, they're, they're going to look like Eric Coryell. I think the Chargers, when you look at them, you know, like Danielle was saying, they didn't really have a game plan, but it kind of fell in their lap.
0: Right, right. Well, and, and 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 remember, during this past season, depth was an issue. Right, they had a number right. of injuries, uh, including Herbert himself for a time. Uh, we're still damn competitive during that time. But people are like, oh, well, the Jags beat them. Remember when the Jags beat them, they were decimated They're for all intents and purposes. All of their major skill players were either injured or missing or were missing by the end of the game. And now that they have Quentin Johnston for that depth, people are, might be worried that he'll get worried or get worried, get lost in the shuffle there because they have all those weapons like you're talking about, Mark. But. I like having that depth, especially when you have younger guys who are athletes who are very easy to underestimate, almost kind of like, uh, you know, the Arlington Renegades. Am I right? right. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, and you got that going. I, I I like you pointing out Quentin Johnston is a good pick. I agree with you. I,
1: yeah, I, I I really, I couldn't figure out what the Raiders were doing. Did you?
0: Can the, do the Raiders know what the hell they're doing? I mean, this is Josh McDaniel. Of course they're struggling. I, you know, <laughs> no, I I really didn't know. I, I mean the listen. Lions
1: with Gibbs coming falling in their lamp. That was a good one. The Campbell pickup looked good. Yeah. See,
0: first of all, let, let me let me help. let me get through that real quick. I loved the Jack Campbell pick. I am not fond of the Gibbs pick. With all again, you had all these excellent corners. You had quality edge rush. Um, Jalen Carter was off the board by then, but I get it. You know. Or yeah, wait.
1: why didn't you go? Why didn't you go after Gonzalez?
0: For example, yes, yeah. you get it. But yeah. I mean, I get that. I get that Gibbs is a weapon, and I get he's in that ilk with Zach Charbonnet and um Tyje Spears from Tulane, who were all guys that went later. Even Bijan Robinson, which, by the way, as much as people bang on that pick, Mark Mancini. I loved that pick, because if oh, you're going to yeah. try to sell me as Desmond Ritter as your quarterback, which I'm not sold, by the way, he needs as many weapons as possible. And in the Falcons' defense, and every other pick, they addressed the rest of the holes that they really had. I feel like they had a good draft, and they did what a lot of teams should do. They got a playmaker. They got a guy that was best available, which is what you're supposed to do in the higher round. So I'm with you, by the way, on Bijan Robinson. That all being said, I don't know that that was Detroit's move, their pass defense. Was quite terrible.
1: So, and yeah. Charbonnet was uh, a good pickup by Seattle. Yeah. Well, I, I, I
0: did appreciate that.
1: Yeah. I like Charbonnet. I've always liked him coming out of UCLA. I like that pickup. But I think New England, what Belichick did, you know, he, he went with his strength in building up that defense. Mm-hmm. I, I No,
0: I, I like the pick such as it was. He didn't make any strange picks like he did last year. But. Right. Let me move to the NBA though with you, real quick, Mark. Because uh got a little movement
1: there. You're your Lakers. Did some stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, they got a limited, they got a limited offense out here, but you rely on LeBron, and you know, one day you you know Anthony Davis looks like Will Chamberlain. The next day he looks like Mike Smreck. You know? <laughs> hey, so you never know what good. you're gonna get. You're n- you don't know what you're gonna get with him. It's a limited offense. And they did what they had to do, go into Oakland and split. And then, uh, you know, try to roll them, you know, back here. And we'll see how it goes. It's going to be a tougher animal to conquer. I got the Warriors coming out of this one. Um, I can't believe my Bucks went home.
0: You know, you know? I, I, a lot of people are talking about that. But can we please remember that Giannis is hurt for most yeah. of the series here, right? Like, that's what it is.
1: Well, in that, in, you know, in, in the problem in the NBA, they don't recede. Really what what should have happened, it would should have been Boston and Miami, Philly and New York, but they don't recede. So Miami and New York becomes another cage fight. I'll Joe Frazier Muhammad Ali last man standing over there. But I will tell you, I got Philly to win this east. I got Philly to come out of the East. I mean uh, I, I had met- Milwaukee. I had Milwaukee and Cleveland and Philly. I got one team standing in Philly. I had Sacramento, Golden State who played each other in the Clippers. I got one team standing in the West.
0: Yeah, even even with Embiid missing time as much as he has, I feel like he's been a factor. Um, Or, excuse excuse me, that the Philly has been a factor uh, nonetheless. And I have to be honest, like the Nuggets and Suns out West, neither of them really scare me. Um, Frankly, I got the Nuggets taking that series because I just don't trust the Suns yet, but I, I, I have to tell you, I'm I'm going to say this, whoever wins that Warriors-Lakers series is currently my favorite to rep the West in the finals. What say you about that, buddy? Yeah, I think
1: you're right. The you Nuggets, know, sons, I don't watch it. Joe Kitch is a regular season guy, mm-hmm. and I'm glad I'm, I called it. I figured Embiid would win this thing finally, finishing like a bridesmaid for two years, but. Yeah, right. He deserved it. And you know, now Harden hitting it. Philly Boston reminds me of the old days with Bird McHale and Andrew Tony and Mo Cheeks and all those guys. So this is gonna be a good series.
0: Mo Cheeks, you're throwing it back on that one. I yeah. like
1: it. That's that's and then, and look at look at hockey. The Bruins. I mean, when was the last time you see the Bucks and the NBA and the Bruins? I think the Bruins shot their wad in the regular season. Wouldn't be the first time we've seen that happen. You and and I I, I pretty much called it. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, I split in the east, kind of looked at the west and kind of thought, okay, I had Vegas coming out. I had the Dallas and Seattle. So I went three and one in the west. The only lost over there was Edmonton taking out the Kings. But I still got Dallas and Toronto for that uh, Stanley Cup. How cool is it? Toronto is physical, man.
0: Oh yeah! How cool is it that the Seattle Kraken are a factor? Yeah, I, I
1: I don't know who Andy is, but I figured they'd give Colorado a run and take them out, and they did. And now yeah, they're like, trying to do it with Dallas. It's kind of like the Vegas run.
0: It's nice to see Seattle
1: release the Kraken. And yeah. I know I'm
0: not the only one who's made that joke, but it had to be done, Mark Mancini. That's what we do on yeah.
1: this. Show. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, they—it's uh, amazing what they're doing, and. You know, they got big guys, man, that throw a lot of hits there. That's no, that's okay. the thing. Out hit your opponent, clear the puck, and let your goalie see the uh, in Grubauer or something else.
0: Yeah, clear the way, clear the clear, clear the way, like you say. Try to get as many one-on-one. Well, I played runs. goalie
1: and I know how it is. You know, you, you, you know, we stopped that first shot. The defense is gonna clear the mess out.
0: Darn right. Hey, I I played, I know it's I'm in Florida, I played floor hockey. I was the goalie. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Listen, for a
1: large dude, I was pretty damn flexible Mark Mancini. Yeah. And that's what you do. You know, your goals, my goals against the first year was a 1. 9, 1.9, 19 goals in 10 games. Second year it was it was like a beach ball. I don't even want to think about it. it Must have been in the 6s. I mean, listen, for me, but I But your
0: defense I mean, is important. I was playing with a bunch of musicians, buddy. So like as the goalie, I'd be the sweatiest guy at the end of the game. It's awesome. <laughs> Mark, Mancini, anything else you want to touch on before we wrap it up with you for tonight?
1: Well, it's nice to see baseballs in high uh, propriety. You know, look at the Dodgers just swept the six-game homestand. I can't believe it.
0: I mean, hey, you know, they, they're going to win things, and then, like you like to call them, they'll be a bridesmaid again. It's a thing that happens yeah, with the Dodgers. Yeah, no,
1: yeah <laughs> they, I, don't, I don't think they'll hold it up. I think once San Diego starts to get hot, we're going to find out in these next nine games, the Dodgers head to San Diego – Then they go to Milwaukee, and then they come back home and play San Diego. So we'll find out in these next nine games what they're made out of. You know, it's interesting now. Um, If I'm looking at guys like Muncie or hitting a grand slam to win a game today, you got to bust that guy inside, man. Can't let him extend those arms.
0: That's how he gets up over the fence.
1: Yeah, So definitely. I can't wait till next week, brother. Me neither, man.
0: Hey, listen, it's always fun to have you in. I appreciate you coming in. And before we get uh, Cortland Griffin out the virtual green room there, tell the world where you could be found, my guy.
1: XM203, Sirius 217, WWDBAM860 out of Philly with Sal and Marianne. Uh, the Pittsburgh Pirate Podcast, the San Francisco Giant Podcast. We'll find out how the food was in Mexico City when we talk with Alex Berg on Friday. Right on. And this right great on. show and everybody else's, man. I love you, man.
0: And don't forget about moving the chains before you come in to see me with yeah, our. Yeah. Yes. Daniel exactly. Orcino. With
1: Danielle Orsino.
0: Right on, man. Hey, listen. I don't know if you saw it yet, but the Kelsey Nicole, uh, Kelsey Nicole Nelson episode was great in its own right. So I would encourage you to check that out as well, my friend. I
1: will, my friend. I love you dearly, and I like you very much every week for the Olive Branch.
0: Looking forward to it, my guy. We'll catch you later. Have a blessed one. And the madman goeth. Mark Mancini. Always a good time. But listen. As much as he's going to talk about draft, and he'll do that in just a minute, I'm going to take the court with Cortland Griffin of doing, the three-point conversion. What's going on? Hey, uh, uh, you beat me to it. You got it in your thing there. The halftime show is going to be coming <sighs> back soon. I'm looking forward to it. Good hey, day, happy way to come in. Fl- Flash in your Seattle Kraken cap. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tip your ass for that one, Mike. <laughs> hey, so.
2: I, 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 I'm, I'm going to love those guys more and more, man. I bought this hat uh, to go with a pair of shoes that I own um, <laughs> before I, I'd even really um, looked at who the Kraken were. I'm a Predators fan by heart. Uh, but mm-hmm. the Kraken, man, for them to be an expansion franchise and to turn it around like they have, it's pretty amazing. So this it's- hat actually now has uh, some relevance. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, right? It's so amazing how, like, newer teams in NHL history have done well, right? We're looking at, I oh, mean, yeah. the, San, the San Jose Sharks even, the, the Bolts over here in Tampa, the Florida Panthers again, who, who were in a Stanley Cup final with the Avalanche in their early time yeah. there, too. The Golden Knights of Las Vegas were, were, were a factor. They won a cup, if I remember correctly. Like. Yep. A, it's a great thing to see, man. When you, when you could get the new franchises in and then that excitement is real. But then those blue bloods come back and get involved, and then it's a whole other thing, man. Yeah.
2: So, no, when good. the Bruins, when, it, it's a good time in any sport when uh, the blue bloods, you know, start to win again. Uh, the Bruins and the the, uh, the Canucks, the the Red Wings, and so on and so forth. Yeah, the the Rangers, the Islanders, um, if you will. So it's always a good time when those teams. Like the NBA right now, we have the, the Knicks and the Lakers both succeeding. So uh, yeah. it's, it's a good time.
0: The Knicks in the playoffs might be about as surprising as Sacramento making it for somebody of my age group, buddy. But, uh, <laughs> you know, let, let, let's get into this. And 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 I know, I know you're not necessarily um, – I don't know your basketball loyalties. We'll get into that in a minute. But uh, for me, I need a little help or something. Because I understand when I talk NBA and I talk basketball – I, I sound a little bit like Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino. Get off. <laughs> you know, I get it. I'm, I'm the old guy when I'm talking about I like my 90s basketball. It needs like to happen. Exactly. I like people beating the bejesus out of each other down low in the paint. Hell, that's how I used to play. I was only 245 back then, but I knocked people over. I've <laughs> averaged three blocks a game doing it. I can believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I got the stats. Let me go get them. No. Um, <laughs> but here's where I'm at. I still respect Steph Curry doing what he is, has been. um, That game seven was obviously electric to kind of take the series on his back, get the Sacramento Kings out the door, finish the series, get things rolling, and and, and take control. I love it. However, then here comes the knee-jerk reaction media trying to tell me now that Steph Curry is better than Kobe and better than Larry Bird. I believe that people need to be drug tested for that take. Am I going too far saying that?
2: Um, No. So um, here's the thing, right? When I look at basketball, and this is going to sound because for somebody who's 30 years old um, and watch. I I was, I I fall into a really weird generation of basketball, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We were right after the parents, you know, we were right in SmackDown, born in the middle of like Jordan's prime right so by the time we knew what basketball was jordan was out of the league uh and then and then making his comeback i remember that i remember kobe with the fro (laughs) okay eighth winner winner of the world poster in my bedroom uh so you know it was i I remember that the kobe and shaq era the the doug christie mike bibby c webb Sacramento kings when they were actually a a, a, a contender in the west so we fall into this weird generation Uh, So I kind of I kind of get to get off my lawn, guys. And then I kind of have to argue with the newer generation, like my little brother, uh, the 23, 24 year olds that grew up watching Steph Curry, because I grew up with the great Kobe Bryant. I grew up with Shaq Diesel. I I grew up also watching Hakeem Olajuwon on the back tail end of his career, you know, and those guys. (laughs) So when people say like Steph Curry is a top tenner. And and let me grab my phone here just to make sure I get my list right, Uh, so so that I'm not.
0: Let me buy you time. I'll do a little diatribe and give you that minute. But like, so here's what it is, because because you mentioned a lot of guys, and the key to a lot of their games is versatility. Steph Curry is basically known for one single thing. I'm not here to tell you that you know he's somebody who's who's like a Ray Allen or like a Mark Price. That's known only for chucking it from the cheap seats. And actually, in Mark Price's case, he was running the point in Cleveland with Brad Doherty and back when they were a thing for a short time, you know. Um, But you mentioned Olajuwon. What about, you know, Dirk Nowitzki and and all these other guys, bigs who could actually play a little defense, get, you know, bang down low and also Shoot anywhere <clears throat> on the floor. I think that's the part that you're missing, and you're never going to get that out of Steph Curry. And I get it. Well, Maybe it's not fair to say that because he's small, but a top ten player shouldn't get an excuse. So let yeah, me go
2: there, ahead. There's and two. There's two sides to the court. There's two right. sides to the court that um, you know, there's defense and offense. And this is not to take away from Steph Curry. He's a six three, you know, six two three quarters, six three guard. Um, two hundred, maybe one hundred and ninety nine pounds, two hundred pounds at best, so he, right? You know, two hundred. Come on, right with it with a wet tee, with a wet jersey on a, a, a sweat a sweat you know a sweat soaked jersey on. He's probably two hundred. So when I look at that, right, I look at guys like, I, and I had this conversation with Ray Lynn, Shout out to him.
0: Oh, um, of great, Ray on, Lynn. On,
2: yeah, on his uh, on his he made a post. The sport without pay, yes, yeah, sir. Um, and I talked, I, I, he had a post, and I said it on his post. I said, Steph Curry is probably a top three point guard of all time, right? Uh, and and, and aside of that, I, my, my personal bias I'm a Magic Johnson fan. Magic Johnson, if those who know me,
1: I think one, my, yeah, Johnson, man, my favorite, great.
2: but he's my favorite player of all time. Right. Um, so to me he's the greatest point guard to ever play the game. And then there's Isaiah Thomas and even the, the great Michael Jordan said Isaiah Thomas to him is the second greatest point guard to ever play the game. I mm. put Steph Curry right in that conversation. Sure. But then I also think think Steph Curry is one of the greatest, is the, the greatest combo guard to ever play the game in positional basket uh positionless basketball. So when we start looking at that, like I said with defense, I can't put him over I have him I have him twelfth all time. No disrespect. That's, yeah. That's not disrespectful when you talk about the thousands of players that have passed through ABA, NBA, basketball. Mm-hmm. And people are going to make the argument he's the greatest shooter of all time. He's done all these things for championships. Here's my thing: my goat, my GOAT tier. I don't care what order you have them in, what you can because all of the, these three players have an argument to be the greatest of all time: LeBron James, Kareem Abdul, Jabbar, Michael Jordan. I don't care what order you put them in. I'm not going to contend, I'm not going to call you crazy if you say Kareem is. I'm not gonna call you crazy. You say Jordan is or LeBron, right? After that, that's one through three. After that, number four, Magic Johnson. Number five, Kobe Bryant. Number six, Larry Bird. Number seven, Bill Russell. Number eight, Tim Duncan. Number nine, um, Bill Chamberlain. Number ten, Shaquille O'Neal. Number eleven, Hakeem Olajuwon. Now, there's, there's things now, that all those players have.
0: You and I are going to have to have a lightsaber duel on your Olajuwon disrespect, i let us
2: <laughs> So here's the thing. I, I, I go between Elajuan and Shaq at 10 and 11 all the time. It just depends on wh- what argument you catch me in and how I'm feeling that day. Yeah, you
0: know, um, I'll tear down Will, too, but let like this. Yeah. Season, go ahead.
2: Um, I mean, you can't you, you can't argue with fifty averaging 52, 25, and ten. Uh, I it's can't. Kind of, well, or nine. I'm sorry, he didn't average a triple double. If, if Shaq didn't,
0: <laughs> if if didn't have a three seconds rule, he'd have done that and more, buddy. And I'm not a Shaq oh, for sure.
2: But I digress. Yeah, for sure, but um, so when I but the difference between all of those guys and Steph Curry is Steph Curry offers you again otherworldly scoring and three point shooting on one side. And then he gives up just as many points as he as he can score, right? Shaq was a Shaq was a great defender when he was in shape and healthy. Yeah. Hakeem Olajuwon, I think, is tied for the most all. No, he's no, he's not even close. I think he's like second or third all time for all defensive teams.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Tim Duncan, name a guy, and Tim Duncan that can come into the league and he's first team All NBA, first team All Defense, and leads his team to a finals. Like, you, you don't see that. You haven't seen that in history again. Michael Jordan didn't do it. LeBron James didn't do it. The only other guy that can have that had the argument to do it was Magic Johnson, and he led his team to a championship as well as rookie. So, mm-hmm. right. So when I look at those guys, all of those guys play defense. All of those guys have all defensive teams. All of those guys were integral in their parts uh, – uh, integral parts of their team success. Now, saying Steph Curry is not. He probably is the piece that makes them great. But when I look at it defensively, when is Steph Curry? When have you seen Steph Curry say, "I'm going to take the best player on that team and shut him
0: down"? It hasn't it? happened,
2: right? LeBron they James, put, you've seen they it happen.
0: Put Draymond on him—that's what they say,
2: right. <laughs> right? LeBron James, you've seen it happen. And later on in his career, he got a defensive specialist that could take that better guy. That that, that to this year, it's Anthony Davis and Jared Vanderbilt. Shout out to those two guys who are playing excellent basketball. Magic Johnson. When He wanted to lock in on defense. He could, he was a 6'9 guard, and you, you couldn't get around him. center at, at late in his career, right? <laughs> Kareem Abdul Jabbar, of course, like block skater, you know, the whole nine yards. Hakeem Olajuwon, we know what he brought, two time defensive player of the year. Um, and, and again, and he, the list
0: before it was cool for a big man,
2: right? And then Tim Duncan is just he's otherworldly, I think he has. I think like close to 18, all defensive teams, something crazy like that. So this is, these are guys that did it on both sides of the ball. I get the, I get the prisoner of the moment. argument. Yes. I, I, I get the relevant argument, right? You had, as media people, Kyle, you and you and a, our jobs are that we revolve around the headline. What's just the, what's the big draw? What's going to get us the viewership? What's going to get guys to read our articles. Right. But to me, I have to keep the integrity of the sport as well. You and have to not out
0: to, context out right. Yeah,
2: I'm not going to say Steph Curry is top 10 when I have 11 guys ahead of him that I've seen play. And then there's guys even in that top 15, right, that you can argue can be in that 12 spot. Kevin Durant to me is the 15th greatest player of all time. And the only reason I say this is because he played with Steph Curry to get his two championships. You know, so like Dirk, Dirk is 14, right? And Dirk did it arguably had the hardest – championship run of any player in the NBA because he did it with no, with a bunch of guys who were above like over the hill and and he beat a Miami team essentially by himself. So, so sir, I will not really...
0: accept your Eric Dempier disrespect. I'm
2: <laughs> But I'm just saying, so when you look at these guys, man, like there's no disrespect to saying that out of, I'm going to say roughly 2000 players that have played in the NBA's history, that a guy is number 12, right? As an undersized guard who shoots the perimeter ball. And change and change the way we look at offense from now until forever. The play, he changed the way teams play defense. Um so it's 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 not disrespectful to me, but I can't put him above those those eleven guys right now. Fair enough. That yeah, I,
0: I appreciate the, the, the validation. And if I was wrong, I'm sure you would tell me there too. Uh, I might dunk on you, but hey, it's the fact <laughs> that he's but listen, uh, it's, it's <laughs> draft time. Let's get the last of the draft panel in, let's bring in my guy. Dalton Tinklenberg of the Scouting Depot. Pretty spiffy backdrop, Chief. I like it. Um oh, thanks. thanks for coming in, man. Um cool. So now that I listen, now that I have uh my draft guys in, my draft experts, if you will. Uh, I'm not wearing my commissioner tie, but it is right here, so I can play the role of <laughs> you guys again as members of the student of the game real mock draft committee. Um, let's get right to it. Uh, and I'm gonna throw this one you to you first, Dalton. Um, it's funny. It came up on the huddle up podcast recording. I did last night, Bing! um, Anthony Richardson and, and that pickup for the Colts. I know we're, you know, the, the, the hope is that you and I will do some work with the Colts here this season. I got a lead with a Colts question for you. Um, do you feel like that that was a single pick that was good for the Colts? or Do you feel like the Colts overall had a pretty good draft?
3: I really like the draft. Uh, Josh Downs and what, the third round was a huge steal for them. Um, right, I'm not gonna try to
0: <laughs> I got yeah, to get an the science fan in the room. I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> I'm not going to try to pronounce his name, but the uh, defensive lineman out of Northwestern, mm-hmm. that was another big pick. Um, I had him going a heck of a lot higher than I think he went in the fourth or fifth round.
0: He went fifth, yeah. Went fifth, yeah. fifth, yeah, fifth round.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I thought overall their draft was huge. Uh, shout out to us because – Will Levis didn't get picked in our Will uh, mock draft. And sitting in the uh, press conference room before the Colts made the pick, there was a large number of uh, media members. Like, oh, it's got to be Levis here. It's got to be Levis. So kind of big shock when he wasn't picked at four. Uh, I told the
0: them, but they wouldn't listen, Dalton Tinklenberg.
3: I, I mean, you know, we hit, we hit on that at least. Uh,
0: we'll, we hit on that, and also want the record to show. I needed, I need to, I still need to DM him about it too. But he picked, uh, Nicholas Jorgensen picked um, Zay Flowers right on the yes. nose for the Ravens. Yeah. Um, so good for him on that. Um, Court, let me take take it here to you. Uh, I, I I know the the obvious thing to do is to ask the Titans question, but I'm gonna sit on that because you and I already talked about on uh, turning the AFC South. You know, we've we heard that already. We'll get to it a little later, I'm sure, in this conversation. But um, for me, I, I'm kind of curious, and Dalton, I'll pass it to you after this. Who who do you think had a good? Uh, who do you think had a good draft that we aren't talking about yet? Right? Because obviously the Texans and the Eagles. You know, Howard Roseman doing his thing again. Um, there's a lot of talk about the Steelers having a pretty good draft, especially picking up uh, Joey Porter Jr. After the Dags screwed that all up, letting him fall. I said it. And um, you know we're hearing about those teams as as winners overall. Who's kind of somebody that had a sneaky good draft in your mind, Cortland?
2: Um, I I don't know if it's sneaky, but I just don't think it's getting enough love uh, in the media. Uh, the it's Carolina true. Panthers.
0: It's, it's, I'll take that answer.
2: Yeah, uh, the Carolina Panthers had a heck of a draft. Um, uh, because we've seen so many teams bomb the first overall pick, make the questionable overall, you know, first overall pick, and then don't do anything to compliment that, right? The Jacksonville Jaguars last year, a lot of people felt like, wow, you take Trayvon Walker over Aiden Hutchinson, wow, what a, you know, what a pick, right? And not saying Trayvon Walker was a bad pick at all because uh, he, he panned out pretty well. Uh, thank I would cool say Devin them.
0: Lloyd was a bit more of a risk. <laughs> yes,
2: Everybody. but when you look at the Carolina Panthers, right, you got your quarterback of the future, which they've been they've been clamoring for since the, uh, since Cam Newton left. Um, then you 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 help him out by getting Jonathan Mingo, who a lot of people felt like was going to be a third round pick, and he ended up being going going right where I had him graded, which was the second round. Mm-hmm. He goes at the top, like near the top of the second round, which I was hoping he fell to the Titans, but of course <laughs> we. Uh, we we decided not to wait for him to hit the floor, and we we shot for the ceiling and got Will Levis. But uh, <laughs> then then you you do then you go and get Oregon standout uh, DJ Johnson. Then you also get uh, you also get Jammy Robinson. And I, I want to tell you guys, I want to like all the viewers. If you don't know who Jammy Robinson out of Florida State is, he's a dog. He, he he has he has nothing but like dog in his heart. Uh, undersized guy can play safety. Can play. You know, slot corner, can play outside, uh, I, I think, with some time and development. But this is a guy who's hungry. He, he's a turnover machine. He's not afraid to stick his head in there. And he's willing to work. Uh, this was a guy who was at an Airbnb in in Charlotte, right, during the draft. And, a, and the fans got the pick. They knew he was standing there because he was training there. And uh, they came over and, and handed him a, a pair of Carolina Panthers hat when he got drafted. That's funny. So yeah, so this is a guy who who's who's going to live and breathe Carolina Panthers, and then of course getting the guard Chandler Zavala, who was a second round who had a second round grade, and you get him uh you get him at pick number sixty two, right? So this is they they had a draft that's not being talked about, and I think it's because they had the number one overall pick, but to me that that draft is is great. It's going to pan out for them. Uh, these are guys that all have uh, great grades. Uh, and, and it should revamp this this franchise who needed a refresh
0: and well and i think part of it too courtland is, is that they're still getting made fun of i know i've had some things to say about it not <laughs> being critical of their trade with the bears but there is a chance that they get fleeced and if you have the same faith in ohio state quarterbacks that i do um which is not very much um then you feel like that the the panthers are really at risk. That being said, I don't think C.J. Stroud is in the same vein as some of these other Ohio State cats that we've seen in the past. So, you know, I'll say I I like his chances of success better than some other Ohio State guys in the past. But that's what I think is. To your point, I think there's still so much focus on on the Panthers, clearly, air quotes, losing that draft. We really can't answer that question yet. The Panthers paid the price of admission to go up to the first round to get a franchise guy, and they believe they have that. Um part of it is new- Oh, go ahead.
2: Ohio State fans are still claiming uh Joe Burrow, so it's you know, it's it's, oh, uh, it's a struggle. It's a struggle uh, to be an Ohio State quarterback fan.
0: <laughs> listen, all I can tell you is uh he won wearing red and white nor any bit of silver <laughs> when he had the statistical best college football season of our time. But um oh, yeah. Don't let me take it to you. Who do you think had a sneaky good draft?
3: First of all, it was a really bad draft for uh, guys who helmet scout. You know, I gotta pick on you for that, Kyle. But well, that's, um, I
0: directed it. Take it easy. Hey, listen, uh, I've been covering the i I've been covering the American Athletic Conference for the, p- for the past two seasons. Do you really take me seriously as a helmet scout? <laughs>
3: I mean, we had Alabama quarterbacks, Ohio State quarterbacks, Kentucky quarterbacks. It was rough. It
2: was UT like, quarterbacks,
3: right? <laughs> Right, yeah. I mean, you know, there's never been any good UT quarterbacks, so. but oh, um,
2: wow. Don't tell right. them that.
3: <laughs> sarcasm, by the way. Yeah, for sure. You. But, uh, no, you know, I mean, I I got to bring it back to the Colts. I thought their draft was really good. They had some uh, some players that I got to talk to at the combine. Um, Evan Hull, the running back out of Northwestern, the dude's a bowling ball. You know,
0: um, <laughs> I, I was actually talking. Do what? That's a good shape for a running back. It is,
3: you know, a very, uh, very intelligent player. Unless you're uh, Eddie Lacy.
2: Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, that, was,
0: that, was less, uh, that was less a bowling ball or more kind of a – he, he <laughs> let it get out of control. I'm just saying. But go ahead, Dalton. Sorry. Um,
3: no, no, you're good. Um, you know, back to Josh Downs. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to a guy, you know, the first pick they come up in the second round. I'm like, I could see Downs here. And they didn't take him. And sure enough, they got him in the third round. Unbelievable. Um, I really like the Seahawks, you know, first two picks. Um, Kyle, you know, I was big on Devin Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Cortland, if you remember, I, I think I took him – we had some trading shenanigans going on in our real mock draft. But I think I took seventh, him
0: seventh. Seventh, correct. Only one spot yeah. off.
2: Yeah. yeah. He went, to, uh, he went
3: sixth. Did he go sixth? I thought he went fifth.
0: No, he went fifth. Oh, you might have fifth. taken sixth. he yeah. fifth? Yeah,
3: I think he went fifth, and uh, I took him seventh in our draft because, yeah, Seattle was there, um, and I think Detroit traded, and there was all kinds of – but anyway. It was crazy. Um,
0: yes, I agree.
3: Yeah, but kid's a dog. Um, I like him a lot. And then they got JSN at 20. Um, I think those are two, you know, foundation pieces for a franchise.
0: Jackson so, Smith and Jimba, and Jimba at 20 is something we are not talking enough no, about.
2: So, so, correction, he did go sixth. Uh, he did go six. Tyree Wilson uh, and and uh, no, no, he went to the Seahawks. I'm sorry, he did go fifth. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I'm, I was thinking Wilson's he was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. I'm sorry. Ty, I had because in my mock draft that I released before on the day of the draft, I had those two picks split, uh, flipped. I had Tyree Wilson going fifth and Devin Witherspoon going sixth. Yo, that's funny <laughs> though. Big man.
3: Mm-hmm. That dude walked by oh, yes. Jeez, I mean, I'm not a little guy myself, but. When he, he walked in mouth. the
2: press when he walked in the press room at the draft, I've never felt tiny except for when I stand next to Kyle and <laughs> Jesus Christ.
3: Yeah, I don't know if Kyle told you. We were in the draft room next to each other and didn't even know it. Yeah, really
0: I, I had told yeah. I, I, talked to you, I talked to you a little bit about that on the AFC South, turning uh, touring the AFC South Cortland. Like he had met Raphael Haynes, and I'm like, well, who's this Cortland guy you're talking about? You know, Cortland Kuyper and the thing. I don't know if I saw him. <laughs> it's like, buddy. Raphael Haynes had a dude wearing a three-point conversion. Uh, <laughs> Eastern that's
2: Eastern. crazy. <laughs> that guy. Like small world. More, yeah. Small world, man.
0: Uh, <laughs> Kevin uh, Bacon's like, that's not even six degrees, damn it. <laughs> uh, so, no, man. But yeah, with with all that, with all that in mind and being said, like, uh, I, I I'll say this as as both uh, draft ante- attendees, Cortland, I'll go to you. What do you think uh, is uh, kind of the biggest? I mean, you both kind of had a big moment involving witherspoon because you both had the opportunity to see his reaction to the 20th pick that we're both talking about for a sneaky good draft for seattle by the way um so i, I think clearly for, for both you guys th- that was a big moment but beyond that like cornell i'll start with you what was something big at the draft that you observed that you would uh tell the public at large about
2: um i guess for me uh, this is more of a personal thing um i've been doing the acc kickoff for the last two years, mm-hmm. um, shout out to Raphael Hansen three point conversion for giving me even credential for that. No doubt. Um, and I, 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 Zay Flowers. Now, if you never like if you never meet a player right, I always try to make a, a connection with players. I Always try to ask them the more personal questions. Um, you know, just try to get into the head of the player and see where their mindset is. He had on the ex. Uh, he had on like this X chain at the you know at the ACC kickoff that I asked him about. Uh, the beginning of the year. Uh, Same thing with Jordan Addison. I asked Jordan Addison when he was at Pitt the year prior, uh, you know, where would you like to be drafted? And if you could, man, like, where would you want to go? And and he never gave an answer, but I was like, okay, well, what are a couple of guys you would like to play with? He instantly said Justin Jefferson, um, Stephon Diggs, and it's kind of funny that he got drafted to Minnesota. He's now playing with Justin Jefferson, and he's playing in the same city uh, that Stephon Diggs got his start. But Zay Flowers... Uh, I asked him, I asked him at the draft. Um, I said, I don't know if you remember, I said, but I asked you at the ACC kickoff about the X factor chain. I said, and, you know, you said then that you're always looking to be an X factor on the field. I said, has that changed now? And he said, no, uh, it's always been that. Uh, so I still want to be an X factor now. So when he was walking out, I met him out uh, outside of the press conference room and I talked to him about it. He said, Hey man, I remember you. He said, man, this is dope, man. You know, i hope to see you uh see you at a couple of ravens games that was a big moment for me um because when you build that rapport with a player you know that guy's probably going to turn into a stud and now i have i kind of want to feel like i have an inside track of like you know of that guy so uh, that was a big moment for me just to know that I, i made a connection with a player and he remembered my question and he remembered my face and so now you know uh, hopefully, I can go to Maryland and uh, catch a couple of Ravens games uh, on the, on Zay Flowers' ticket. <laughs> I was
0: about to say, maybe at some point, we can get you in there. But, um, yeah, listen, Jordan, <laughs> what about you? What, what experience is uh, worth sharing with the public that you aren't seeing out there in general?
3: want to make some enemies here. And Cortland probably saw this, too, if he was in the room. But uh, I quickly learned that not all uh, questions are created equally.
2: As, uh, oh, man. Oh, Jesus Christ. I know what you're talking about, too.
3: As, uh, okay. Someone in attendance asked uh, Anthony Richardson how Frank Wright could help his game. Oh.
0: and uh, I can Anthony, see the
3: cringe in Cortland's eyes. When oh. Anthony said, Frank Wright, the guy doubled down and was like, Yeah, Frank Wright. And I'm pretty sure the, game, the same guy followed up with a question about how he's going to deal with the cold <clears> in Indianapolis in <throat> the retractable roof stadium.
2: Yeah, it was uh, – man. because, Kyle, if you could have been there when he asked it, like, it was uh, – I don't know if you've ever seen the meme of uh, Russell Westbrook when he's like, what? What? And y'all tripping. Yes. Like, it was like that because, like, Anthony Richardson's face was like, right, right, ooh. Like, and, and everybody in the media room was just like, oh. Like, it was like this massive sigh of, like, Jesus Christ. He <laughs> to to him. He's not with the team and he's just doubling down. <laughs> it-
0: This is the advantage of having had Dalton at the combine based on the way he answered the question about being a project quarterback. he's like he wanted to say, I don't know what the bleep that is, but he said, I don't know what that is. You heard that pause of him edit himself and still answer the question with the swag that you need a quarterback to answer that with the Mm -hmm. fact that he did that and, and answered the way he did was confident like he was. I can. I am uniquely qualified without having seen it, to, to, picture the face he made precisely when the dude asked that question. <laughs> I think
3: I have it on video on the uh, the YouTube channel. You yeah. do,
2: he, uh, yeah. He leaned into the mic, Kyle, and it was just, it was like the look of disgust, and then like everybody else just kind of like turned their head away. Like Jesus Christ, man! How how do you flub that one? And well, it was. Sure and it has- and what Go made ahead. it worse is he asked that question right after they had asked about Steichen, like right after that, like
3: There's a follow up to it.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, the same guy also, when he was talking, I think it was Witherspoon, you know, had to throw out that he also went to Illinois, he was like as a fellow alumni. of uh, oh, Fellow, I, a
0: fellow I, alumni.
3: yeah, right, right, right. And I'm like, come on, man, just ask the question.
0: So uh, listen, I, I'm guilty of that too. When I was interviewing Rennell Hall uh, with the Renegades on the on the call, on the Zoom call, you know, I mentioned well, but that's the whole reason I'm there, is is Orlando Media, is because Rennell Hall graduated from UCF, so he's looking for that local presence. You know, all I did was inform him that I write for the Black and Gold Banneret. You know, but it wasn't me that opened up the UCF floodgates. I just want everybody to know. So when you guys hear that next yeah. week, you know.
3: I'm sure that UCF wouldn't care unless you immediately asked a question like what he asked before you said, Oh, I'm from UCF. And it's like, ah, oh, well, that guy didn't go here. He not yeah. he didn't do his research.
2: Yeah, and it was <laughs> yeah, it was it was weird, man. It was it was a lot of crazy questions asked. Um, now I'm all for I'm all for giving um, black quarterbacks their, you know, they're just due, right? Um, definitely as a as an African American myself. But you don't have See, to badger what? every <laughs> um,
1: but uh you,
2: yeah you don't have to badger every guy, right? Um I wrote about it in an article, of course. You had this is a historic year, right? You get two first Super Bowl ever with two African American starters, and then you get a draft where for the first time two African American quarterbacks go one and two, and then three go in the top five. But there's like one guy like in the front row who was like every like CJ Stroud, Bryce Young. And and uh, and Richardson get up there, and he's like, how does it feel? And here's the embarrassing part. Okay, the first two picks I get. And then you get a guy who there's a pick in between. He right? was, there was a, Yeah, yeah. There, there was a pick in between this guy. He He's top five, which is nothing to scoff at. Then he's like, how does it feel to be the third quarterback, third African-American quarterback taken after there's two that go in the top two? And it's like, Anthony Richardson, he, he hasn't quite learned his media uh, etiquette yet. <laughs> he just like his face was like he wears his reactions on his face, and he's just like, I mean, it was great, man. I appreciate, you know, I, you know, it's which is a historic moment. Like you could tell, he ate the just the pure like, yo, I gotta play in a division with one of those guys, and I also have to play against another one of those guys. I don't want to talk about them. This is about me, not them. <laughs> so
0: yeah, you're right, yeah. That they, he plays against them this season. That's a great point.
2: Yeah, um, so it was just, it was just a weird one. He kept jumping, like you know, just to ask those questions. It was kind of, it was, it was kind of annoying. But I could tell the players were, were kind of like over it.
0: By the uh, way, young man, where, where will we find that article? Come on, pimp your stuff for Oh yeah, the,
2: the, the, th- the, th- the three-point conversion, y'all. <laughs> three <point laughs> I the
0: number three, not the word three. Read this guy's ass. He's good, damn. <laughs>
2: Go
0: ahead, Dalton.
3: I will say, uh, Colts fans are going through it. Speaking of Anthony Richardson, right now, because. A large portion of the fan base, like we should have took Levis, even though he fell, fell another what 28 picks after ours, he should yeah. have been our guy at four. Stop, stop it. Well, and we you know, know what wanted Levis,
0: you know, what if he comes football. out and has and has a Peyton Manning style rookie year, like I kind of think he will, those dudes are going to be chirping all year or two. We well, should have been nervous.
3: I hope he doesn't have a Peyton Manning rookie style year because I believe Manning threw 26 or 28 interceptions his rookie year and went 3-13. and 13.
0: Well, the only thing Look. that'll be different is... No, I don't think y'all are going to be that bad. Uh, the only thing that would be different is there's no way Peyton Williams-Manning will have as many rushing yards as Anthony Richardson does. Yeah. But a here's the
3: great thing. Talk about... Stop. Wheels.
2: <laughs> here's the great thing, right? Um, so the AFC South now has three, four, four quarterbacks now.
0: I was hoping.
2: Yeah. Within the next, I would say six years could all be top 15ers in my opinion. I mean, I talked about Will Levis. I much maligned Will Levis, but now he's a Titan. So I kind of got to give him a chance. Um, When I looked at, I had to go back and actually look at his tape, right? Um, When he was, he was in the heavy healthy last year, which I didn't know. He played with a bum shoulder and a bump toe all last year. But the the year the year prior to that, um, Atlanta did. I mean, Atlanta, Kentucky didn't have a lot of talent. He got one of his receivers drafted. Okay, like and who's been complete nobody in the league. So when when you talk about the guy, I, I like the way Dalton just like sips his coke and it's just like it's levis. But, <laughs> but you know when I look at the guy, he's he he can be Ryan Tannehill 2.0. He can definitely be that guy and and believe it or not, Ryan Tannehill did something pretty good in Titans uniform. He got to an AFC championship game. So it made it competitive before our defense completely uh, laid an egg. So, uh, (laughs) so um, I I do believe like with, with Derrick Henry and uh, a good running game, a good defense that Tennessee does have, like he can be solid. Anthony Richardson has the highest ceiling of any of those quarterbacks. And if CJ can be at least solid serviceable for Houston, um, Man, we're looking at a, a shootout at the OKK at the OK Corral in the AFC South. So
0: oh, I'm sure the fans are here for it. Dalton, your rebuttal, sir.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Did you just say that Will Levis'
3: his ceiling was uh, Ryan Tannehill 2.0, and you're okay with that? Like, well, yeah,
0: I mean that's as good as it gets. You, <laughs> know,
3: you, us. you can sell used cars, man. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't great, but he could be a hoopty. <laughs> No,
0: no. See, I'm going to step in and give Ryan Tannehill this much love. Okay, he wasn't the problem in Miami, and there's a reason they won playoff games with him. Okay, it's because they finally he finally got an offensive line that protected him well. That being said, I think I think he has a similar problem at this point in his career to Carson Wentz. I really think. And, and I hope I'm wrong. And, and I, I, I hope um, he overcomes this. And yet, somehow, with all due respect, Cortland, I don't see him in the AFC championship game. But because um, I want to go to that
2: MFR if I can. I don't think the Jacks <laughs>
0: But if it happens, well, I didn't see him winning the South either.
2: But, <laughs> I don't either.
0: I digress. <laughs> but oh, yeah, you got the Texans or something. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so, but Will Levis. Um, being ryan Tannehill esque ryan Tannehill is isn't something in the middle of his career to sneeze at he was a top 15 quarterback at that time and his his prowess did kind of drop to your point dalton you know the the whole if if he doesn't throw three picks the titans win that game i don't mean to get Cortland started but that that pivoted um why are you holding up before buddy what i get wrong
2: because he threw four is it four?
0: <laughs> Brian Tannehill 2.0, baby? <laughs> Woo! Hey, obviously, we're talking about him at his prime, buddy. Take it easy. Listen. Hey,
3: Brad Johnson and uh, Trent Dilfer both won Super Bowls, if I'm not mistaken.
0: So, Brad Johnson didn't throw as many picks as Dilfer did. Get your numbers right on that, brother.
3: Well, I mean, I guess it's possible, you know. If everyone else on the team pulls him,
2: Dilfer only, different only scored. They won a game literally by scoring a single touchdown that wasn't Trent Dilfer's. Like they won a game with Trent Dilfer scoring or uh, throwing for double-digit yards. So that's, that's horrible. I mean, <laughs>
3: they, you know, people forget when the Colts won their Super Bowl in 06, they beat the Ravens like fifteen to six, and it was all field goals, whole game. Now you tell yeah, me it's because that's the still...
0: Ravens are a brutal group on
3: defense.
2: Yeah, they were still. Yeah, they were still solid. If you told me
3: win. that Manning was gonna win a playoff game and there were no touchdowns scored, I'm like oof, that's rough with the Colts. But I mean, hey, I guess it's possible. Hey, look, Adam
2: Vinatieri, and there's a reason why Adam Vinatieri has a gold jacket up there. Well, oh yeah. <laughs> that, that's the Dander
0: jack Dander era though, in it. No. No? Okay. No. I, I forget where that where that line of demarcation is because that's set down, you
3: go wash your mouth up.
2: Yeah, that's that's what Anna Ventier was doubling between New England and uh and Indianapolis. Wait,
0: we we don't like Vanderjack? Year. What happened? Yeah. Do what? We don't like Vanderjack? I'm confused.
2: I
3: no <laughs> Vanderjack's hated in Indianapolis. I
0: didn't
3: Yeah, know same that. like
2: same like Al Del Greco and in, in Tennessee. He kicked no, like a did, wide
3: go. wide right, wide left against the Steelers, lost in the game. And I do left. remember
2: that. And then got
3: liquored up and ran his mouth about Dungy and Manning. And, and uh, still, okay. No,
0: and I remember I remember Peyton Manning calling him an idiot kicker and all that yeah. in relation to that, but I didn't yeah. think they still remembered it. Okay,
3: cool. Oh yeah. Yeah, there were like I'm not gonna repeat them on the show, but there were some jokes going around about Vanderjat. I mean it was yeah, you won't see any Vanderjat jerseys like you do McAfee jerseys in uh <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, I'll leave that yeah. at
2: that. I, I um, think McAfee is probably top two love one of the top two love players in Indianapolis.
3: You know what's crazy? The Colts have this really – I'm getting off topic, but i got to tell you this. The Colts have this really weird tradition of punters uh, because the guy before McAfee was Hunter Smith. Oh, he, he was, was crazy. A, he was in a band. Yeah. like was, was a band. He was a singer. And you get McAfee, <laughs> and then – I'm not sure. I couldn't even tell you who their punter is now. It was Sanchez, but then – I don't know if he's still there <laughs> or not. I'll stop my head.
2: Yeah, it was uh, – yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: It was Rigoberto, signed, wasn't it? Yeah,
3: Rigoberto Sanchez. And then they signed – Lock for a while, and I think they cut him like coming out of preseason. And See, it's kind of
2: funny how the Colts and like Titans have like these really weird um special teams guys that are like rock stars. Like Ryan Stonehouse, right, is an amazing guy. Met him in person; he's an amazing guy. Like flowing locks of like golden brown gorgeousness that's coming out of his scalp. It's amazing, like. Oh, God.
3: <laughs> yeah, I got two questions for you. I'm hijacking Kyle here. Yeah. Well,
0: um, see, <laughs> uh, I'm just I'm just wondering how Cortland Griffin's going to make it through a game watching uh, Trevor Lawrence play at this rate.
2: Uh, we're not talking about sunshine, man.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, got, I got two questions for you, Cortland. First of all, are you guys going to start selling mayonnaise coffee?
2: At, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's yeah. a that's going to be a star a local Starbucks uh, delicacy.
3: I love it. Uh, second of all, I know you were big on Jordan Addison. You see his interview when he got drafted. And like, rather than like, I'm ready to go win. I'm ready to like, you know, he's like, I'm ready to get paid. Let's go get paid.
2: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No,
3: what did you think of that? The man knows what he wants.
2: Yeah, well, uh, when I think of of it is when you leave a school, and this is is one of the things that go around in like media conversations, right? And it was the effect, a couple of years ago, it was the effect of NIL on professional contracts.
0: There he is. Tell him.
2: And now we're seeing it. Because we're seeing now, like, we're going to see it more in the WNBA. I know we're not talking WNBA, but we're going to see it more on that side than we are going to see in, like, professional sports, like men's sports. As uh, a quick aside, those-
0: Portland, like, everything you see in the transfer portal in college sports was happening in all the other sports except football before yep. this, too. So NIL being injected into that. Listen, there's somebody who covers women's basketball in college. It's part of the black and gold banner um, at,
2: <laughs>
0: you know, by the way, Watch Destiny Thomas sometime. She's at Georgia now, which makes me sad because she trans she's transferring. But watch, watch that. Listen, she's got talent.
2: She's, yo, she's good. She's good.
0: You know Destiny Thomas.
2: Yeah. I, always- I watch I watch women's sports for sure. I'm a-
0: <laughs> no, no, but like just how much better she's gotten. I don't want to go too far yeah. down that track, but yeah, Destiny Thomas. I'm a big fan. Um, but getting back to it, like the NIL is spot on um a hundred percent so yeah go ahead and continue i'm yeah. sorry so yeah i was just
2: going to say like in the WNBA, though like i think uh angel reese and flage uh johnson are now making more money uh they if they took their nil deals to the w they will be the number one and two highest paid players in the WNBA right now uh so like that just says a lot but then like when i look at you go from pittsburgh he, he transferred from pittsburgh to, UCL, uh, to usc i'm sorry I, I don't know why i wanted to make him a ucla brewing uh but usc uh and he accepted a 1.3 million dollar nil deal uh, to me he's going to come in and say i want to get paid why because my rookie contract i'm going to make less money on my rookie contract than i was making in school like i, I you know so like it's it's one of those things now where i think in about two or three years, you're going to see the MB, like the NFL probably renegotiate uh how they you know subsidize rookie contracts. Um
0: maybe. Let me add this to that, Dalton. Um, I'll put it this way: I was present, my first credentialed college bowl game was the Citrus Bowl
3: in 1942. Um, oh, wow.
0: Get out. <laughs> <laughs> No. Wait, why am I saying that? I have the mute button. No. Uh, but was it wasn't 1942, but rather 2016. Um, it was Ed Ogeron and LSU with Lamar Demetrius Jackson and Bobby Petrino in Louisville, right? Part of the questioning or no, excuse me. It was the next year. Um, you know it wasn't uh, 1946, Jack Wagon, because that's where I met you was this game and Leonard Fournette was the big headline. I've
3: been around a long time.
0: He's he's sitting out. This is a calamity, a catastrophe, a moral transgression, a cacophony. Crazy. Yeah. Let's <laughs> get game Darius guys come in and played real well. My man. Yeah. Um so actually technically Darius guys came in and played well in both of those back-to-back matchups uh with Notre Dame and LSU at the Citrus Bowl. Whole on the question. But all that to say, five years later, in the same bowl game, with the oldest active college football coach, Kirk Ferentz of Iowa, and you know he's facing Kentucky. I ask him, I ask him the question. Five years ago in this room, we're talking about Ah Leonard Fournette. Woo! I worded it more professionally, obviously. And now it's commonplace. I think this is the same sort of anomaly. I'm about to get paid. Ooh, he said I'm about to get paid. Old man Dalton's all freaking out. No, you're not. I know, but, but you know, I think this is going to be a more commonplace reaction. Everybody even gave Johnny Anziel a whole time for uh, a whole hard time for this gesture here. That's more because he was overrated as hell. But I think this is going to be more consistent with of the player. For better or worse, and I think we're that's that's as a result of the college culture that we're going to see that. So uh, whether you like it or not, that behavior, much like Thanos, is inevitable.
2: <laughs>
3: oh, I have a problem with that LSU game that's haunted me for years, but we could talk about that later because it's not part of
0: the show. uh Oh, he's so. putting in a <laughs> teaser, folks. But yeah, so let me let me rope this all back in um, as kind of a. I mean, we talked about guys who we thought we did well. We talked about sleepers in the draft. Who are players that you think that um, that are going to be in the best position to produce for their teams? Any pick doesn't have to be a first-round guy per se, but Dalton, I'll start with you.
3: I can't pronounce his name, but it's DeAndre, Andre kid from Princeton. Cortland, you probably know who I'm talking about. Wider-sharp?
2: Oh, I, I see uh, I a I Sovas.
3: Yes.
0: A yeah. yeah.
2: Yes.
3: Um. He's going, absolute stud, super smart kid, fast. I believe he qualified or could qualify for the U.S. Olympics. Right? Qualify,
2: he, I think he was qualified. He 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 was he was like a couple of milliseconds off of qualifying for the hundred meter. Yes.
3: Wow. Yeah. And he's going to play with Joe Burrow. Yeah. Okay. Along with together. all the other wide receivers they have, so right. sign me up. I mean, that's that's just icy on the cake.
0: Hell, if nothing else, it's great tutelage. That's a good call out. I like that, Dalton Cortland. Who you got?
2: Oh man, there's two players. Uh, one is a Titan that was drafted in the seventh round uh, or sixth round, I should say, Jalen Duncan. Um, with all of the overhaul of the offensive line that Titans needed, right? You got Skaronski. Um Skaronsky. But, right? That's a that isn't that an NFL name for you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but then, like Jalen Duncan, right, was a guy uh, at the combine who people were were enamored with. Maryland puts out nothing but speed merchants. I think we need to investigate what they do to those guys up there because they're all fast. Right. Uh, they're all fast as all, all get out. Uh, he ran like a 4.82 uh, at the combine, hand-timed. And then you, you get him now. He he injures his ankle, uh, rolls his ankle on his second attempt. Uh, and for some reason, he fell down boards as a guy with a second-round grade. I think with the Titans, you, you plug him in next to Skaronsky. Um, and you solidify that offensive line now with two young bookends for the next, I don't know, decade. Um, that to me is solid. And then, hey, Xavier Hutchinson, man, um, the Texans, the, the Texans took him in the fourth round, uh, I think, or fourth. It was like the late rounds. Regardless, I thought he was going to fall to the Titans. He didn't. He was one of the guys that I felt like was on the board. And I was like, Jesus Christ, if we can get this guy, six foot two, two hundred and ten pounds. And he runs every route in the route tree. Solid hands. He's been a captain uh, for Iowa State. Just a really good player. And uh, they got him. I think with Mechie coming, just now coming back, you got Tank Dell. They need another receiver to replace Brandon Cooks. I think Xavier Hutchinson works his way into that lineup. And uh, CJ gets a guy gets Damian Pierce, and they're gonna get one on one coverage across the board it's going to get really scary uh cuz that's a big target who can who can catch the ball
0: fair enough yeah no i like that answer xavier hutchinson <laughs> gentlemen i can do i could do if i was doing a morning show or a night evening show for 4 hours i'm sure i could get that kind of material out of you cats a uh, great conversation tonight for sure um but hey listen we're already this is already a 2 hour long podcast gentlemen with that in let's wrap this piece up corlin Griffin, tell the world where you can be found
2: uh, you can find me on Twitter at DC Griffey, uh, also on Instagram at DC Griffey. Um, you can check out the Devin Witherspoon reaction. It is now at 1,500 views since draft weekend. That is amazing. That is my most viewed post on either one of those platforms. Um, I'm very excited about it. Um, also, find my articles. Um, I have the draft grades, first round draft grades coming out on the three point conversion. That's the uh, number three point conversion dot uh, com so you can find those articles there I got the Titans draft grades uh, and recap and also I have an article coming out soon called 7-11 and why the Titans may not be in a rush to sign a receiver uh, go check that out if you're a Titans fan or just want to know what's going on with the Titans receiver
0: I mean um, other than, I'm genuinely curious
2: <laughs> um, and other than that man you can always find me on the studio on the game whenever he invites me
0: <laughs> my man <Coyle> Griffin. <laughs> by the way veteran Super Bowl coverage, man. Uh, Cortland Griffin with a three-point conversion. Always a privilege. But then my guy, Dalton Tinklenberg, tell the world where you can be found.
3: Uh, I'm on Twitter at DT underscore NFL scouting. Uh, you can find me on TikTok at the Scouting Depot. I also have the Witherspoon reaction, and it's got a couple of views. Um, and then uh, on YouTube at the Scouting Depot, getting ready to uh, start posting 2024 NFL draft cut So <laughs> the grind never <laughs> stops, guys. And by the way, as a side 38 quarterbacks ready to go in the next month.
0: So as a side note, you can find the full video, including a very fun video photoshop for the real mock draft. So you could see how good or bad we did in the actual event itself over there on the Scouting Depot YouTube page, among other things. So yeah, gentlemen. In honor joy and privilege having you both of course thanks to everybody for checking in thank you to the madman mark mancini chopping up a little bit of xfl playoffs and nba action as well thank you to the three-point conversions Cortland griffin for all the cool stuff he did and helping validate my uh uh how you say steph curry analysis and of course <laughs> my man dalton Tinklenberg for driving his ass eight hours over to the draft to make that happen and and get there for uh excellent coverage uh and absolutely killing it and then having to turn around and drive back to close on a house damn it man
2: oh Uh, wow congratulations (laughs) man
0: oh thanks man (laughs) so you know talent and devotion to the craft like no other um or a few others i should say um that's why it's cool to have you guys guys like you on because i know you guys busted and thank you for doing so for your material on the show course i am kyle Nash, a student of the game you can find me on twitter at the sotg find me on instagram as the same the sotg find me on facebook as a student of the game check out my writings for well, if you're looking to see what happened in the regular season, in the XFL, there was plenty of that in the three point conversion. That's three point conversion.com, the word three, not the number three. And of course, check out my work with the black and gold banneret. The night shift podcast will be dropping here, I believe, tomorrow, where I talk about the UDFAs, uh, that would be undrafted free agents that UCF has put out there and where they've landed in some pro spots. Very intriguing stuff. Uh, with that and of course check out my work with A7BN Sports you see a lot of stuff out there from this guy who drove 8 hours crazy um got some video material in uh thanks again to uh bring in Anthony Richardson right on site by the way uh, uh Dalton Tinklenberg, we be able to feature that on Friday morning on the show as part of the sports element of Captain and Company in the morning so thank you for that uh Uh, production as well and hey jags coverage coming soon with the arrival of sam jackson and davod wilson both ucf graduates there too so i'll hope to be on top of that and have some material from them sooner than later but listen an honor joy and privilege for all who checked in but until next time everyone class dismissed